Grace, mercy, and peace are yours in abundance from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God for our meditation on this Reformation Sunday is today's second lesson, Revelation chapter 14. We'll hear again these words. Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. This is the word of our God. My dear brothers and sisters in the faith, handed down to us. When Martin Luther died, his dear friend and pastor, Johannes Bugenhagen, preached the funeral sermon. And he used as his text the portion of God's word before us today. I want to share with you just a few brief things that he said in that sermon. He was, without a doubt, the angel concerning whom it is written in Revelation, who flew through the midst of heaven and had the eternal gospel. This angel, who says, Fear God and give him the honor, was Dr. Martin Luther. And what is written here, Fear God and give him the honor, are the two parts of Dr. Martin Luther's doctrine, the law and the gospel, through which all scripture is unlocked and Christ our righteousness and eternal life is recognized. So Pastor Bugenhagen was pretty firmly convinced that the angel of our text is none other than Martin Luther himself. What do you think about that? Was he on with his interpretation, or did perhaps Pastor Bugenhagen go just a little bit too far? Let's think about it for a second. Angels don't always just refer to those heavenly beings created by our God to serve and minister to his people. The word angel, its basic meaning is messenger. Martin Luther was certainly a messenger. He was a preacher and teacher of God's word. And the angel, the messenger of our text, has the eternal gospel to proclaim. That's something else that Martin Luther did, right? He taught the wonderful gospel truth that we sinners are saved, not by our works, not by what we do, but by God's grace alone, through faith in Jesus Christ alone. So I think Pastor Buchenhagen was on to something. I think he got it right. The angel of our text is Martin Luther himself. But not just Martin Luther. You see, finally, the angel of our text represents every faithful gospel witness. From the time of John's writing of Revelation all the way to the end of the world. Great reformers, yes, like Martin Luther, and theologians, and pastors, and teachers, and missionaries. Christians, we all have the eternal gospel to proclaim, my friends, and that is no small thing. Today, as we celebrate the Reformation, what we are really celebrating is the return of the pure gospel message to God's people. And so today, with great joy, we say, thank God for the gospel. In our text, we find three reasons for this gratitude. Number one, the gospel is good news. Number two, the gospel is for all people. And number three, the gospel brings eternal blessings. Good news was hard to come by in the church of Luther's day. False teachings and false practices, even superstitions, had infiltrated the church and were beginning to erode and take place of the pure gospel of salvation through Jesus Christ alone. 
priests often portrayed Jesus as a bitter, angry, resentful judge instead of as the merciful and compassionate Savior that he is. People who were troubled by their sins were not directed to the cross of their Savior for comfort. They were told that they had to make amends for their sins by doing certain things, by doing certain good works, by praying to Mary and to the other saints, and by visiting uh, holy relics that they would go to on pilgrimage, supposed things like pieces of our Savior's true cross or the bones of the saints. And if you had the cash, well, you could then just purchase a piece of paper called an indulgence that essentially said that your sins were now forgiven. We might ask, where did all this false teaching come from? Well, the church, you see, basically had the view that the pronouncements of the church, the traditions of the church, the teachings of the ancient church fathers, and what the Pope said, all of those things came first and above even the Holy Scriptures. In fact, in 1223, the church decreed that no layperson should even own a Bible, and if you owned one, they could take it away and they could burn it. No wonder good news was in such short supply. We know what good news sounds like, right? Your phone rings at home, you pick up the receiver, and the recorded voice on the other end says, Congratulations, you've just been qualified to receive a free cruise. Good news, right? Except you keep listening and you find out that the free cruise isn't so free. There are all kinds of hidden charges and fees that you're going to have to pay, which bring the price of the free cruise up to about the price of a regular cruise. I want you to know that the gospel contains no hidden fees. There are no service charges. There is no cost to us at all. The gospel is free. And free is exactly what we sinners need. The Apostle Paul wrote these familiar words to the Romans. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When it comes to what God demands of every human being, and including each and every one of us, we have come up a day late and a dollar short. In fact, we've come up a lot more than a dollar short we have fallen far, far short of the mark that our God has set for us. Far short of his holy standards. We were conceived in sin. We were born sinners. And every day of our lives, we have gratified our sinful natures. In the things that we have done and in the things that we have failed to do, we simply have not measured up to God's glory. We haven't loved our God as we should. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have fallen short and we deserve to fall into the pit of hell forever and ever. But I only read you a part of that passage from Romans. Let me read to you the rest of it. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And listen carefully. All are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. In God's cosmic courtroom, we and every other sinner, we are all declared not guilty. This has got to be a mistake. This must be some great miscarriage of justice. After all, we are guilty. We are guilty. 
But no, my friends, there is no mistake, there is no miscarriage of justice. Our God justifies us. He declares us not guilty because of his grace, his undeserved love and kindness toward us sinners. God declares us not guilty because of the redemption won for us by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God declares us not guilty of falling short. Because Jesus didn't fall short. No, Jesus measured up perfectly to God's high and holy standards. As our substitute, he lived a sin-free life in our place. God declares us not guilty because that perfect Son of God then went to the cross and poured out his blood to pay for all the times we have fallen short. He redeemed us with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. God declares us not guilty of falling short because God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Forgiveness for every last sin. Peace with our God and the sure hope of eternal life in heaven. My friends, what do we have to do to get those wonderful blessings? What saint do we need to pray to? What works do we need to carry out? What piece of paper do we need to buy? No, my friends, none of that. The gospel is free. Salvation is a gift. It cost God everything, but it cost you and me nothing. Believe it. Is it any wonder that we refer to the gospel as good news, free salvation? Here's some more good news. The angel that was flying in midair, our text tells us, had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. So the gospel isn't just for a select group of people, it's for all people. Again, my friends, this is no small thing. And this is a truth that is taught in the Scriptures over and over again. For example, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy that our God wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And our Savior himself said in the Bible's most famous and most quoted passage, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The gospel is for everyone. It is unrestricted. We're used to restrictions, aren't we? You have to be at least 52 inches tall to ride the roller coaster. And you have to be 21 to order that beer. If I today walked into a Ferrari dealership, they would know instantly that I didn't belong there. They would know by my clothes, by my credit, by the car, the Kia that I drove up to the dealership in, that I had no business being in that Ferrari dealership. They would tell me, no Ferrari for you, because you see, purchasing a Ferrari is restricted. It's restricted to those who can actually afford it. With the gospel, there are no restrictions. The gospel is for everyone. No one is left out. The gospel is to be proclaimed to every nation. Germans and Koreans and Australians and Ethiopians. The gospel is to be proclaimed to every tribe, every race, blacks and whites, Hispanics and Asians. The gospel is to be proclaimed to everyone in the world in every conceivable language, Arabic and Hebrew and Mandarin and Swedish. Do you realize what this means for you? It means that every single person that you encounter in life is a potential audience for the gospel. Every single one. 
your brother-in-law, your accountant, your mailman, your dental hygienist, the lady who trains your dog, your spouse, your kids, your neighbors, your classmates, all of them. Jesus died for all people, and so the gospel message is for all people. And you, my dear friend, you are an angel. You are a messenger of gospel truth. Maybe you're thinking right now, Pastor, please don't put that on me. I don't want to be a messenger. I'm not very good at being a messenger. I just am afraid that if I go and talk to somebody about their Savior, I'm going to mess it up. I really don't know what to say. My friends, I beg to differ. I strongly beg to differ with you on that. You know exactly what to say. Do you know the words of that most famous of all Bible passages that I quoted earlier? I'm sure you do. Then you know exactly what to say. Do you know by heart the words of the Apostles' Creed, which we say all the time here in God's house? I bet that you do. You know something? Every last word of that creed is purest gospel. It's all the good news of what our gracious God has done for us. You know what to say. Do you know the beloved children's song, Jesus loves me, this I know. Then you know what to say. My friends, you know the gospel. And so you can share that gospel message. You can share the reason for the hope that you have in Christ. And my friends, you can do so with confidence. Number one, that your Savior is with you. And number two, that that gospel is God's power that brings salvation. It works. It brings salvation. It gives eternal blessings. You know, the gospel isn't exactly a new message. It's been around for a while. It's the same message that the Lord proclaimed way back in the Garden of Eden, right after our first parents fell into sin, to declare to them that he was going to send the serpent crusher to destroy the devil's work and to save them and to save all people. It's the same message that flowed from Isaiah's pen when he wrote words like these, The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. It's the same good news that David wrote about in the Psalms, the same good news preached by Peter and Paul, the same good news proclaimed by Luther and other reformers and countless Christians over the centuries. Yes, the gospel is an old message, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon either. You know, sociologists tell us that we are living in the post-Christian era. Christianity no longer has the sway over this world that it once had. And some even go as far as to say that one day, Christianity and religion in general just isn't going to exist anymore. Mankind will have grown up to the point where he's left all those silly, superstitious ideas behind. I beg to differ. More importantly, Jesus begs to differ. This is what he said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The gospel will be around forever. You know something? There never really has been a time when the gospel wasn't around, when it didn't exist. Because you may remember that our God planned our salvation. He dreamed up the gospel already in eternity before he created the world, before there was such a thing as time. The gospel is truly eternal. 
And it brings eternal blessings. Right now we enjoy blessings. Right now through the gospel, we have the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. We have peace with our God. We have purpose for life. We have power for living that life. And we have the sure and certain hope of eternal life to come in heaven. We possess those blessings right now. But those blessings are never going to go away. They are going to last forever and ever into eternity. We will always be God's dearly loved and forgiven children. We will always be at peace with him forever and ever. And we are going to live with him forever and ever. In that wonderful inheritance that he bequeaths to us through the blood of his son. An inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. For all of eternity, with utter contentment and the greatest possible joy, we are going to do what that angel in our text calls us to do. We're going to worship our Savior God. We're going to worship the one who made the heavens and the earth, the sea and the springs of water. And you know something? Eternity is not going to be too long a time for us to sing his praises, to sing the praises of the one who loves us so deeply in Christ. Yeah, I think Pastor Bugenhagen was on to something. That angel flying in midair, calling people to praise and worship the one true God with the eternal gospel to proclaim, that is Martin Luther. And my friends, that's you and that's me. We have the eternal gospel too. Thank God for that. Thank God for the gospel. It is good news. It is for all people. It brings eternal blessings. Yes, thanks and praise be to our Savior God forever and ever. Amen.